Yo. Head up, think fast. You're about to feel the blast. It's the dopest podcast on the net. Oh, yeah. All us geeks, fresh your bet. We round the world. We round the net. So get ready and get set. Because we make it look easy. No sweat. Jeff and Jordan, the host. Yeah, they be the best. From the north to the south, to the east, to the west. They cover movies, comics, TV shows, books. These guys gonna get you hooked. Don't stop now, just take a look. And don't forget to sign our Facebook. Cause what they doing is board games, video games. Yeah, they on it. They fly like a comet. Interviews is up. This podcast is pure. Give voice to your inner geek, that's for sure. Geek out any topic. No one ain't gonna ever, ever stop it. So if you wanna go and get it on, then head to allisgeeks.com. Welcome to a special recording of All Us Geeks. I'm Jeff King, and I'm here all alone. Sad Panda. I am here to uh, record my thoughts on the seven finalists for the Game Crafter Micro Design Contest. So you've heard us talk about this on the podcast proper, but this was a contest that All Us Geeks Father Geek and the Game Crafter co-sponsored. And it was, uh, you know, the Game Crafter does contests all the time. They've got a mystery design contest going on right now, which I can't wait to see some of the games that come out of that. But I've uh, kind of watched these contests come and go, and, and some amazing games have come out of these contests. So roughly about Gen Con, well, it was at Gen Con. Cyrus and I were kind of having a conversation, and, and JT... And out of the mix, the seeds started to be planted for Cyrus and I to do a contest or to co-sponsor one of the contests on the Game Crafter. And uh, JT wanted to assist as well. Since we were putting up some cash, he put up some cash. So all three of us put in and that is how the contest came to be. So what was our contest? Again, it's the micro uh, game design contest. And I don't know if our definition of the micro game or what came out of it. Some of these games may not be considered micro games by some people, depending on what your definition is. But basically what we were looking for is a game that plays basically two to four players, can be played in 20 minutes or less, and could fit in a pocket. Basically, we allowed the use of pretty much any tuck box that uh, the game crafter provides, and all of your components for your game had to fit in there. So that said, this was one of the highest entered contests so far. I am pretty sure our record will be shattered in the not too distant future. Uh, and if you're not sure why I said that, well, give a listen when I put out the episode, if I haven't already, with uh, JT from the Game Crafter talking about their upcoming Kickstarter. He gives a little hint that uh, some great things are in the works for the contests. So I'm kind of happy that uh, we got in when we did. Anyway, on to the finalists. I'm going to give them in uh, reverse order. So uh, I ranked them one to seven. Cyrus ranked them from one to seven. And then we did the averages. And those were the winners. The winners have been announced. And uh, basically, you'll get to know the winners here because my uh, one through three after the averages actually ended up being the first through third place. So when we get to them, you will know who won the contest and uh, why I put them in the ranking that they are. 
I'll just say too, these are all great games. Again, there was this was well over a uh, hundred and I think hundred and thirty, hundred and forty somewhere in there. I mean, just a ton of entries that got whittled down to the top twenty by the community. From the top twenty, Cyrus and I had to pick seven. So these are the seven that we chose, and uh, there's some great games in this bunch. Some of these came down to really minor things into why they got ranked where they did. So starting with my number seven pick of the one through seven was Thorn and Rose. It's by level 32 games. Thorn and Rose is a micro memory strategy card game for two players. One player takes the role of the hero slash heroine whose goal is to gather five roses. The other player takes the role of the evil witch, whose goal is to drive the hero out of the wood with terror and fright. This is a very, I'm going to start off, this is a very beautiful game. That's one of the things that brought me in right away. I love the artwork. I love the design. I love the the look and feel of the cards in this game. But after that, I got to say, I, I... the fact that it's a memory game, I'm not a huge fan of memory games, so that kind of brought it down for me. The fact that it was just two players, I really was. Even though I think the the, the rules were kind of worded in a way that you could say that we, we accept two-player games, and we did because two of them made it into the top seven, I really was hoping for a two-to-four-player game. Uh, so that was another reason why I ranked this down at number seven. And again, I got, I got to say, this is, this is the only one on the list that I just personally did not enjoy. And a lot of that probably had to do with the memory aspect of it. Some of it felt like I wasn't doing a lot. I ended up playing the witch side and Megan ended up playing the heroine side. And, uh, it just, it, it just felt, it just felt very solo to me, even though two of us were sitting at the table. Uh, it felt very, I don't know. I just, I, I didn't really care for this that much. Sorry to say, but that's kind of my, uh, end, end thoughts on it. There just wasn't anything here other than the artwork that spoke to me at all. That said, I will say that Megan kind of wanted to potentially play it again, but not with me. <laughs> I think she is a little more, uh, she enjoys memory games probably a little bit more than me, a little more tolerant of them, but at the end of the day, I had Megan do her rankings of all these games so I could see what she thought they all fell in. And Thorn and Rose still fell in her number seven as well. So I, I it earned a solid place there. But if you do like memory games, if you do like that two-player uh, memory style game, this is a very beautiful looking game and you might enjoy it. Uh, like I said, I, I can't really uh, speak much more to that because it's just not my style of game. Let's move on to number six is Of Dungeons Deep by Grey Gnome Games. Of Dungeons Deep is a two-player game in which you and your opponent battle it out against hideous creatures. With each victory, your hero will gain more power and abilities, and this will help you secure more points and thus the victory. So this is a cool, this is actually a really cool little dungeon crawl game in a card form. You go through five levels of the dungeon and you are kind of working together, but at the same time, uh, you know, it's one of those, we both got to do damage to kill the, the monster that we're fighting, but only one of us gets the treasure and it's whoever does the most damage. So, uh, you're kind of weighing back and forth on that. 
we need to kill, I want to kill this, but I also want the treasure, that kind of thing. So it, it's kind of interesting, that aspect. Why did this hit my number six? This is one that shifted up and down. This is one that Megan really enjoyed as well. So it shifted pretty far up, I think, in her ranking. And uh, it's a very good, very solid game. Love it. It's cards, some dice, some tokens, well, uh, gems. It's got a lot going for it where, you know, Thorny Rose was just cards. This has the uh, micro game feel that we were kind of going for because it does do more than just cards. It packs extra components into the tuck box. I ended up having to drop it down from my perspective simply because, again, it's just a two-player game. This could easily be expanded out to a four-player game. I guess time might have been the factor, and I I can get that. I understand that. But I really, like I said uh, at the start of this, I really was looking for the two to four player experience. I was looking for something. One of the ideas when Cyrus and I put this contest together was we were watching things like Love Letter being played at pubs and stuff, where you know f- up to four people and when I were gathered around in various locations, you know, at a pub and the hotel lobby, and you know, just all over the place playing these games. And we wanted, uh, we didn't want to reproduce Love Letter by any means, but we wanted to see people reproduce games, the quick, easily portable style games that can be played very quickly, but with hopefully up to four players. So if you're looking for a two player game, or if this gets expanded out to a four player or more game, this is a solid game. This is one I know, like I said, Megan really enjoyed. Megan would love to play this more. I would love to play it more. I just ranked it down at number six, almost primarily because it was only a two-player game. All right, so my number five was Railroads. And we're hitting on the first one that I have here that you're going to be able to see on the Game Crafter Village in a Box Kickstarter. This is going to be part of the uh, potential bundle that you can get. So Railroads is involved there. In the fast and fun card game for two to four players, everyone races to lay tracks build trains, and score big points. So grab your friends, shuffle the cards, and shout all aboard. So why is this my number five? I really liked this game. I had a lot of fun with it. Megan had a lot of fun with it. Megan at first ranked this pretty high. I think she almost started off with it in like the number two, number three spot. Uh, But then as we kind of started talking about it a bit, it slid down even for her. My biggest reason for this to be... Uh, as far down as it is, had to do with the scoring. The scoring feels kind of random. Uh, if you get a chance to play out your your train, which, and again, I'm not going into a whole lot of details about how to play these games and stuff. Some of these I actually will hopefully do quick video previews for. Uh, some of these I'm going to try, especially the ones that are part of the Kickstarter, I'm going to hopefully try to do. So I'll show you a, a, a little more there. But uh, when you play out your train, then you take the top station card, which is face down. You know you're going to get the points that the station is worth. So I, most of them, I think, are three or two points. Uh, so you're either going to get three or two points. You know that. But you're trying to put down a train with a bunch of cargo, and you are probably putting out extra cargo, at least at first. And I'll get to what I'm talking about here in a second. Because you're going to flip over the station that you're scoring and see what type of cargo that station wants. And so if you have any cargo on your train that matches the cargo that they're look, the station is looking for, you get to score those along with the station. 
So again, it could be the three player, uh, the, the three point one. Say it's looking for blue, which I think was passengers. If, if you had any blue slash passenger cards in your cargo area, you'd also get to score those. Anything else you had goes into the discard pile. So it's a little randomized that way in that until you know, there's only two of each type, uh, a three point station for, for blue and a two point station for blue. So until you start going through some of those, cause you, you get to see them as they get played and get, and get put out towards the end of the game, you kind of start getting to, well, there's only a red and a yellow left. So my cargo needs to be red and yellow or, I'm pretty sure this is the red one because uh, it's a three point and all the other three points are out. So towards the end of the game, you start thinking about that kind of stuff. At the very beginning of the game, it's it's kind of a toss. So I I didn't care for the randomizing of the score a bit towards the beginning. If you can just add in a little strategy on that up early, uh, something you can potentially plan for, some something. Uh, it, it just that little bit of something, this would have gone a lot higher for me. Other than that, again, it, it didn't make me not enjoy this game. I really did enjoy this game. This was a lot of fun. Uh, this was actually from, uh, uh, somebody I know. So Chris, Chris Leader, uh, who also is the designer behind, behind Roll for It, uh, which is over on Calliope Games. This is a solid game. And this, again, this is one that like Megan really enjoyed as well. She had a lot of fun with it. But she also kind of, that was her one thing where it did kind of start moving down her scale too, is when she started thinking about the early random scoring. All right, my number four, Monster City Planners from Sugar Hill Studios. Monster City Planners is a strategic game of urban planning and monster destruction. Players draft dual-use cards that either change the city plan or score points at the end of the round. The player with the most points at the end of two rounds wins. All right, again, this is my number four. This is a very solid game. Uh, it came, again, this is one that kind of flipped in and out of my number three spot quite a bit. It does everything I wanted out of a micro game. It, you know, it, it's in the tuck box. It comes with cards, the uh, mat. The play mat, the city, if you will, is a single card. It comes with tokens to represent like factories and complexes and, and, uh, roads and all that good stuff. So, I mean, it's, it's got components to it. It's more than just, Oh, Hey, look, we're playing a card game. All of that stuff. It's got some great strategy to it. Like I kind of read, uh, it's, you know, the dual use cards, uh, was kind of an interesting concept. And the dual use is the top use is what kind of action can I take? So you might build something, you might destroy something, you might shift something, all in trying to get this city to look the way you want it to. And what makes you want to make it look the way you want it to is the other use of a card. For any card you don't play when the round ends, there's a scoring condition on a bottom of each and every card. So any condition that you meet, you get to score those points. So, you know, it's a, again, two to four players. You take this first round with an empty city, try to make it look like what it, what it wants to. Uh, game ends when everybody is passed. There are cards to designate whether you were the first, second, or third person or last person. You know, well, there's not a last person one because last person is just the last person that, that ends the round. 
but first, second, or third if you've passed, because there are actually cards that will let you score if you were the first person to pass or the second person to pass and so on. So when you pass, you take the card. When it's your first time that you've passed, you can continue to play cards. So passing does not keep you out, which is a nice factor as well. But the one thing you've got to kind of watch and worry about along the way is you don't score if you don't keep cards in your hand. So you might get to a point where you're like, I'm just passing, I'm just passing, I'm just passing if you're waiting for other people to continue to play and you want to try to score all your cards. But again, while that's happening, people are doing stuff to the city. So you might be like, oh, I don't want to do that anymore. I need to try to readjust something. So it's nice. I mean, even even if you pass, you're kind of watching the board. You're not completely out of the game. So that's kind of cool. So the first round ends. Uh, you score the cards that you can. You leave the city the way it was built from the last round. You collect cards again, and it's a draft system. So you pick one pass, pick one pass to make your hand, and you play another round, and you score. The more I thought about this game, the more I liked it. I will say it's a good thing that it's a quick playing game, that it doesn't take very long to learn or it doesn't take very long to play because there is there is a bit of, <laughs> for a 20-minute game and for something that's so compact, there's a bit of a learning curve for people, especially if uh, you're casual gamers. I think the first game flew over because we had actually had a friend come over and kind of play it too. The first game flew over almost all of our heads a little bit. Maybe not me as much because I, I kind of focused in on what I wanted to do right away. But there was still that whole, okay, well, how many cards should I keep back and yada, yada. And I think for, for Megan and our friend not being used to this style of game, uh, it took that first game to definitely, okay, let's play again. Because now I kind of... I, I, I kind of see what was going on here. So even through two rounds, I mean, it just, it took that first game, but again, 20 minutes. So you, you have that luxury as long as you don't lose somebody, if it doesn't go too far over everybody's head that they just don't want to play that second game. Usually you can do okay with within a 20 minute game to go, all right, I'll, I'll try it another time. And then hopefully that's, that's the, the one that hooks them. But for my part, holy crap. Great game. There's a lot of strategy here. There's a lot going on in such a little space. I love this game. I absolutely do love this game. And this is one of the ones that's going to be part of the Game Crafter Kickstarter, uh, again, which will be titled Village in a Box. But this is one of the ones in the bundle. Great game. Solid game. Does what I want out of it for a micro game, a portable game. So why number four instead of number three? Because I've been saying it, it flipped in and out of my number three spot. Because it also hit upon one of my big pet peeves. And I let Gary know this because I've given at least some feedback to those people who have asked for it up front. And it really did come down to something this minor for me. This was a solid game that I really, really wanted in my top three. But what's my pet peeve? At the end of every round, you score points. And then you play another round. And you do that for two rounds. The game does not come with a score tracker. So you've got to write it down, have, you know, use, I use my app on my phone. Not huge, right? I mean, it's, it's doable, but I'm looking for a compact, complete package. And one of my biggest pet peeves in any game, not just this contest, but any game that asks me to score, but doesn't give me a way to score gets under my skin just a little bit. I can still get past if it's a solid game. I've done it before. We've had games come out like Smash Up. Smash Up absolutely loves Smash Up. When it first came out, it gave you nothing for scoring. And they kind of came out with, the, I think, the first expansion after that and even kind of said, uh, our bad, here's tokens. 
So it's just a pet peeve of mine. And that's the only thing I think that slid this down because again, solid game. Absolutely love it. Uh, you did a great job, Gary. And thanks for the opportunity to play such an awesome game. All right. Number three. Number three, which I'll say right up front, is another one that is going to be part of the Village in a Box, the Game Crafter Kickstarter. So, again, these are great games, solid games. Check them out. This was my number three. I think this ended up on Megan's number two, if I remember right. It is called Overlords by Pass That Chit. The evil empire is divided amidst the chaos. Several overlords emerge to claim rule over all by raising great armies of hellish creatures. They all yearn for power, but only one will emerge victorious. Overlords is a set collection card game for two to four players. Each player assumes the role of overlord, recruiting servants into their armies. The overlord who raises the most powerful army wins. Why would this have not? potentially been my uh in my top three versus uh monster city planners because it is strictly a card game that would probably be one of the only things uh, other than that massively solid game i i absolutely love this game uh and the version that is going to be part of the kickstarter has been improved greatly it's been tightened up there's new cards new abilities i've looked at the previews of it i've looked at the the new rules and i'm already jealous <laughs> I need to get me a copy and I need to get me a copy simply because uh, I've played this version and, and this was a, a hurry up and rushed version, you know, just to get it into the contest. And then of course, once the contest is over, once we have our copies, they are free to tweak the game and, and many have, and this is one that's been tweaked and tightened quite a bit. All right. So this is a set collecting uh, draft style game. So you will have your set of cards to make up your initial hand. You will choose one that you want to recruit, and then you will pass to your opponent or opponents, depending on how many, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll pass basically to kind of like to your left and you'll recruit your creature or you'll recruit something into your army. I mean, it can be a sorcerers. It can be Medusas. It can be a thief. It can be knights. It can be hydras. I mean, there's a lot of cool things in here and all of them have different ways that they score based on the set. So, you know, zombies, the more zombies you have, the more points you get in the end. The Cyclops, if you have just one Cyclops in your army, you get six points. Otherwise, they're worth two points each. Stuff like that. So all different, and this, and that's kind of cool too. So there's all different styles of sets uh, that you got to be thinking about. And then like the Sorcerer, the Knight, and the Thief I was talking about, those are hired hand cards. So they go out kind of off to the side. And uh, they have special abilities. So you're basically recruiting a card and putting it down, and and your opponents can always see your top card. So the next time you recruit a card, you put it on top of the one you recruited before. And you just kind of keep doing this, keep recruiting, uh, and go through several rounds of this until you have your finalized army. And, and some of the special abilities allow you to either, you know, steal from an opponent or take more cards than you're supposed to. And, you know, just your normal kind of I'm breaking the normal rules to do something kind of thing to to make my army a little bit stronger, a little bit better for the set collection. And it's a very simple game in that 
aspect. And it's it the set collection aspect of it appeals to casual gamers as well. I think that's one of the reasons why Megan really liked it. I think the the artwork is great. It's very very nice artwork. Absolutely love the artwork on it. The abilities are really great. I remember Megan just chuckling when she's like, this is awesome. The first time she saw that the Cyclops was worth six points if it was by itself. Uh, and you know, those, those kind of things. So it, the, there's some really good things going on here for a pretty simplized game. So if you're looking for a game for two to four players that has a really good casual appeal, drafting set collection with a, uh, Fantasy theme, not a bad way to go. So that's why it hit my number three. All right. My number two was Royals by Level 32 Games. The king is dead. Long live the who? Amidst the power vacuum left by the king's untimely demise, the royal courtesans are all salivating over the claim to the regency throne. The crown is within your grasp. You just need to step over others to get to it. Royals is a competitive card game. The goal is to be the player with the most dominance at the end of the game. Dominance points are scored by playing cards as consorts, while schemes could be plotted to thwart your opponents. Very compact game. Plays very quickly and gives you some variants for playing it a little bit longer, which was actually one of the comments I think that Megan had made. She would love to play one of the longer games. Here's the thing I really liked about this game. It, it, I think it scaled down a little bit farther for Megan. Not horribly so, because she did enjoy it. She did talk about playing it more. She did talk about playing it longer. So playing one of the longer variant games. It scaled up for me, because the more I thought about it, the more I really liked it. I think the artwork is interesting. It's it's uh, the imperialists and the royalists. So these two factions, and they're uh, red cards and blue cards, but beyond that, they're cats and dogs. So it's, you know, these uh, images of cats and dogs as royal members of the courts. So it's kind of cute in that aspect. But it's it's also it's another one of those games, uh, like when we were talking about with Monster City Planners, where they had dual purpose cards. Same thing here. It's it's, it's nice in the fact that you can play cards down as a uh, consort, uh, which is trying to give you its points and windfall ability for scoring, or you can play it down as a scheme. And with a scheme, you're playing it for its other ability, but not for scoring. And you, you've you got a pretty small hand of cards that you're playing with. And basically it's uh, when cards run out. And I think it's like, if I remember right, uh, the base game is like, everybody has like five cards. So, I mean, it's, it's pretty small. And once everybody runs out of cards, game's over and you go to scoring. And whoever has the most dominance at that time is the winner. So, I mean, and you have ways to get it. So some of the schemes, like you might not use it for its points. You might use it for its scheme because the scheme lets you draw more cards and, and that kind of thing. So I really liked this game. I, I The art was cool. I think he did a very nice job with some of the humor aspects of it. And the dual abilities are really nice. So you have to think about how you use your cards. I do agree with Megan. I understand, again, we gave a time limit for how long the game could play. So I would love to go back and probably will go back. I think we will go back and play this with with extra cards instead of just the five per person. That said, why is it number two and not number one? 
Uh, I think there's some tightening that can be done. I think there's some some wording that can be redone, and I think there's some tightening of of a couple different things that fine tuning this game will help. And again, it's it's a solid game as it sits right now. Uh, it's just going to make it better. But I love the I I do love this game. I do love the duel. I love ha- I love the idea of how am I going to play this card? How how can I get the most out of this card for me? And that's where your kind of strategy comes in with this type of game. So definitely one worth checking out. All right. So the number one game on my list. And again, just a reminder that uh, number one, two, and three here, after all the averages, these were the first, second, and third place winners of the contest. So first place and number one on my list and number one on Cyrus's list and number one on Megan's list when she ranked them as well. Dig Down Dwarf from Grey Gnome Games. Hey, Grey Gnome, where have I heard that before? Well, you heard it a little earlier because there was another game in the top seven, but you've also probably heard the Kickstarter that's going on right now. Uh, Four Tribes, uh, Megan and I did a video for that. Great game. Go check it out. It's on Kickstarter right now. And Dig Down Dwarf is a great game as well. You are a dwarven chief, and you are in a race to collect the most valuable gems to claim the vacant throne and become the new dwarf king. Roll dice in an attempt to mine gems. Spend gems to alter your rolls. Avoid coal like the plague. I see what you did there, Jason. Jason has another game called Plague, the card game. All right, so again, getting back to this is a slightly larger box. He used one of the larger, like the, um, I think this is a tarot tuck box, but he used oversized cards, and the cards are basically just reference cards. These aren't cards that you actually play with. They're just reference because they let you know what you can do with the gems and the points for the gems. And then, of course, the instructions, the entire instructions for this game come on to jumbo size or tarot size cards uh so front and back so it's like four mini pages of instructions on how to play this game and you know what you get through and you know what it's actually uh not even you know part of it is telling you what one uh, what the gems and stuff kind of do so uh this is all you need to play this game uh you get through this and you don't go wait a minute what do i do it's this simple it's this nice to play so it comes with these cards and these nice cards, and, and then it comes with the extra set of cards that tell you, again, show you the gems, tell you what they are, tell you how many are in the game, which is important, and uh, their point value at the end of the game if you keep them. comes with some dice. Uh, everybody gets uh, four dice in their color that they've decided to go with, and then it comes with gems, and it comes with a little uh, cloth bag. All the gems go in the bag, and so gems come out randomly. And it's got that, uh, you know, random gem come out is coming out and what's in the middle can be scored. And then it's got that Yahtzee feel. You got your four dice and you roll them up to three times. You're not able to reroll ones unless you spend the gems that allow you to reroll ones, which if you spend the gems then you're taking points away from yourself potentially. Or you can even after three rolls, if you have sixes, you can still reroll the sixes, but you know, then you have to pretty much keep the next thing you get. And then you look at what you got. So you uh, can score on a four of a kind, two pairs, a straight or three of a kind, 
to get gems. And so, and, and those match up to a certain type of gem. So the gem has to be on the table too. If you ever end with a single pair, you have to take whatever coal is out there. Now, the cool thing about the coal, and I've actually seen it go both ways, coal is worth negative one victory point each. There's 10 of them total in the game. So they're negative points. You want to avoid the coal, or you just want to go full bore off of the coal. If you already got a bunch of coal, uh, you might as well kind of go for it. And uh, Megan actually did this once. Uh, she got all the coal because if you get all of the coal, it's an auto win. So it's kind of a little, cool little thing. You know, you go f- for a lot of the game trying to avoid it, try to avoid it, try to avoid it. Ah, oh, crap. I got a bunch of coal. All right. I'm going for all the coal. So really, and, and that's kind of what this game consists of. What was I looking for? I was looking for something that was portable. Check. Uh, something that kind of hopefully had multiple components to it. Well, this definitely does. This is not just a card game. In fact, again, the cards just pretty much are there for reference and rules. And it plays two to four players and it plays quickly. Check on all fronts there. And it was an extremely enjoyable game. It is extremely appealing for casual gamers. Uh, this was a, a very big hit. Uh, we played it multiple times. So Dig Down Dwarf from Grey Gnome Games. That is why it one across the board. Again, it was my number one. It was Cyrus's number one and it was Megan's number one. So everybody that got a chance to play it in this area chose it as the top pick. So there you go. That was my real quick look at the seven finalists and some initial impressions and feedback. Again, This was an awesome experience. I had a lot of fun with this contest. I will probably be potentially looking at helping to sponsor another contest in the future. I don't know. I have to see because, like I said, I know JT has got some really good things coming down the pipe here for contests. And, uh, you know, little old me, who knows? When you got the big boys coming down, you know, you don't don't want us little guys around anymore. No, I, it was an amazing time and I got to look at some amazing games. It amazes me the uh, amount of creativity that exists over at the Game Crafter. You know, the, their services are awesome, but the community is one of the things that makes the Game Crafter just head and shoulders above a lot of things for me. So if you haven't checked them out, gamecrafter.com. Definitely go check it out. Definitely check in if it, if you like the idea of doing contests. Cause again, they've always, they've almost always got a contest going on. And right now is the uh, mystery game contest. All right. Thanks for hanging out with me for this. And I will talk to you soon. It's been fun, it's been real, till next time, stay chill.